so a snail was traveling down the road, decided to move forward, and along comes a turtle, and so he jumped on top and grabbed a ride with the turtle, and as they were moving down the road, they came to an intersection, and another turtle rammed into the side of the first turtle. Well, the turtle police came, and they filled out a report, and the police officer asked the, tur the uh, snail, who was visibly shaken, what happened? snail said I don't know everything just happened so fast <laughs> and you know sometimes when you decide to move on down the road things will happen and things will happen fast uh, by the way do you know what the turtle or a snail riding on the back of a turtle says we <laughs> but things happen in life and sometimes fear of trouble can cause us to be stagnant, cause us not to move forward in our lives. Notice I said fear of trouble. We can get devastated by fear and we can say, oh, I, I just can't do anything. I'm just going to stay stagnant. And we get stagnant and we're not moving forward in the way God would want us to move within our lives. We continue our series today called Overcoming Obstacles. And we've been looking at this, uh, uh, things that we've been overcoming, and one of the things we talked about was self-doubt and overcoming that, overcoming guilt and overcoming grief we've talked about. All those are online uh, on our website, and you can go back and listen to those. But today we're going to think about this idea of fear of moving forward. So the question I raise is, how do we move forward in life when fear gets in the way? Now, when I talk about moving forward as believers, I'm talking about moving in the direction that God wants us to move in our lives. You know, many churches today have a fear of moving forward. I mean, many churches are just become stagnant. And they're not moving forward the way God wants them to. Our church is currently working on a plan uh, to recover from COVID and to move forward for the future. But we could let fear get in the way. We could say, well, you know, we come up with this plan, but it might not work. We, we better not do it. Or we could say, oh, we come up with a plan. Somebody might not like the plan. They might leave the church, so we better not do it or we could say you know it's going to cost money uh, we better hold on to our money we better not spend any money we better not do it and fear can get in the way of moving forward same thing can happen in life when it's time for you to move forward and what God has for your life you can say I better not do that something might happen so we want to make sure that we're moving forward in the way God wants us to move. You know, if you're on God's plan, then everything's going to work out, and you don't have to have fear. But maybe you have this fear of moving forward in what God wants you to do in your life, moving in His direction. But fear can get in the way. And it can make us stagnant, and it can cause us to miss out on the blessings 
that God has for our lives. I'd like for you to turn today to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Of course, this letter written by the Apostle Paul, he's writing to a young minister named Timothy. And Timothy was a co-worker of Paul. Paul had nothing but good things to say about Timothy. Uh, he called him his son in the faith. In Philippians 2.20, he says, I have no one else like him to assist me in my ministry. In Philippians 2.22, he said, he, he served me as a son serves his father. Now, Timothy was a young man, but he was a faithful servant of Christ. Um, nonetheless, Timothy, it seems, became a little stagnant in his ministry. The Apostle Paul sent him to a church in Ephesus to help that church get over some trouble that they had. Uh, he sent him there to uh, correct some false doctrines that were being taught in the church. He sent them there to help them overcome some issues of a growing church that was, that was uh, uh, reaching a lot of people. And he sent him there to make sure that they had qualified elders in the church. But it seems when he wrote 2 Timothy, there was still some issues in that church that Timothy had not corrected. And so Paul is encouraging Timothy here to get on with the ministry. Now, Paul is chained in a dungeon in prison in Rome. Uh, this is probably right before Paul dies, and he even mentions that he feels like he is near death. And so Paul wanted to encourage Timothy one last time before he dies and to get Timothy to get on with the work that God had for him in his life. Now in chapter 1, verse 5, Paul commends Timothy for having great faith. But listen to what he says in verse 6 and verse 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. So let's think about what the Apostle Paul is saying here to this young minister, Timothy, as he goes forward. And the first thing I want us to, first idea I want us to see is that all believers are gifted by God to do what He calls them to do. We all have a spiritual gift. In, chapter, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, the Apostle Paul uh, says that Timothy had been ordained into service and ministry to the church. And Paul tells him here, I want you to fan into flame the gift that was given you. Fan into flame. You ever go camping? You build a, a campfire? How do you get that fire roaring up? You got to get a, usually a piece of cardboard or something and you fan that flame of that fire and it makes that fire burn hotter. And Paul's telling Timothy, you know, get busy, Timothy. Get this flame that's in you going so that you can do the ministry that you've been called to do. We don't know what Timothy's gift was. Probably preaching and teaching or, or church leadership that God had put on him. But this is a strong urging for Timothy to get on with the business that he had been sent there to do. 
all believers have at least one spiritual gift. God gives us this ability to do something for His kingdom. But these gifts are not full-blown ministry. You know, as soon as we commit to Christ, they have to be developed over time. And we develop them through use, through employing our gifts in some way to serve God. God wants us to fan into flame the gift that He's given us. You know, God has a gift and a plan for each and every one of us. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about um, the uh, overcoming self-doubt. Now, you may not be called into full-time ministry as Timothy was, but you're called to do something for the Lord, to serve Him some kind of way. Maria, her name is always hard for me to say, Sanvinkel, Stenvinkel, did a survey. She is a management consultant in Sweden, and she surveyed 65 people throughout the world. And she asked them, What is your greatest fear in life? You'd be surprised. Some people naturally said fear of dying alone or fear of losing my job. A lot of people would say that. But 14 people of those 65 people said that their fear was living a life without purpose or meaning. About 20% of the people, over 20%. And listen to their own words. My biggest fear, one lady said, is, or, or one man said, is never taking a risk in an effort to find my true calling. Anthony in New York. Or how about this one? My greatest fear is to go through life living small but not realizing it until it's too late. Rebecca in Stuttgart, Germany. My greatest fear would be missing out on my purpose here on earth. I know I have a purpose that I'm not yet serving. That's from Danielle in Sacramento, California. Another person said to go through life without leaving a positive mark. Lucina in Centura, Portugal. My greatest fear, one person said, is regretting, regretting all that I didn't do as I lay in my hospital bed as an elderly man. Ralph from North Brunswick, New Jersey. People are fearful of not accomplishing what their calling is. You know, there's a new social anxiety disorder out there. It's called FOMO. Anybody suffer from FOMO? You might after I'll tell you what it is. Fear of missing out. And you know what has happened? This is caused by social media. Because people go on social media and they look at everybody else and they see what a great time they're having and so they develop this fear, I'm missing out on the good life. You know, it used to be these richy people sitting behind these big stone walls eating caviar in these fancy restaurants. You know, we didn't, we didn't think about that too much. But now when they do it, they post it on social media. Look at me. Look at how great I am. Look at, look at this caviar I'm eating. And, and we sit back and we say, oh, man, how poor old me, I'm missing out. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've ever eaten caviar and probably won't ever eat it. But, you know, we, we get this fear of missing out. Listen, the biggest fear you should have is missing out on what God 
has in store for your life. Because God has got something for you to do. He does. He's got plan for your life. Will we do something with the gift He's given us? Or will we just say, oh man, I, I'm scared if I get involved in that, it's going to take too much time. If I, if I do this, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't be good at it, and I'd probably mess it up. Or it'd probably be too hard, and I would never be able to, to do it. You know, you've got to get the fear gone because God has a gift and a plan and God's got something for you to do. Now look at verse 7, back in chapter 1, 2 Timothy. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. Now let's stop right there and think about this. You see, here's the second idea. With the guidance of God's Spirit, we can go boldly. We don't have to be timid. You know, the word here that's translated timid, you know what it means? Cowardice or afraid. We don't have to be afraid if we're on God's plan, if we're going in the direction God wants us to go with our lives. There shouldn't be any fear moving forward if you believe. You know, if you're following what God's calling to you, listen, He cares about you. He cares about every bit of your life. He cares about your job. He cares about your family. He cares about your finances, about your leisure time, about your health, about the, your community involvement, about your spirituality. He doesn't just care about you for an hour or two on Sunday morning. He cares about all of your life and everything that's going on in your life. And you know what else He cares about? He cares that you work to bring glory to Him in all that you do to help him advance his kingdom. That's why he gives you spiritual gifts, so that you can use those gifts to help promote his kingdom. So figure out how God's going to use you. Maybe, maybe you have a sense, you know, God wants to do something with me, and I know, I think I know what it is he wants me to do. And maybe it's something totally different than what you're doing now. Or maybe what God wants you to do is right where you're at, He just wants you to bloom where you're planted. He just wants you to start using your spiritual gift in the place where you are now instead of moving you to another place. But listen, however God wants to work in your life, He's got a gift to help you move forward. And you know, if you feel like your life is stagnant right now, could be a good reason God may be holding you back because you're not getting on His plan. But if you get on His plan, you're going to start moving forward and it won't be at the pace of a turtle. God will use you. And God's Spirit will provide what we need. God's Spirit provides for us. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. We talk about uh, this Holy Spirit, you know what that is? It's the power and the presence of God here on earth that indwells the believer for ministry for God. And that Spirit prompts us and guides us and convicts us, but it doesn't force us. We can resist the leading of the Holy Spirit 
But if we listen and follow the Holy Spirit, He's going to guide us in the direction that God wants us to go. So we've got to seek out this Spirit. And here's what Paul says. That Spirit doesn't make you timid, doesn't make you afraid, doesn't make you a coward. And look at what he says in the next half of verse 7. But gives us power and love and self-discipline. That's what the Spirit does. That Spirit provides power to know what to do. And a lot of us are saying, you know, how in the world do I know what God wants me to do? Well, the first thing you do is you pray. That's where you start. You say, God, what do you want me to do? And, and then you begin to pay attention. And God will begin to work. And part of that is, I've got to figure out what my spiritual gift is. What, what is it that God has given you? And he may have given you more than one spiritual gift. He may have given you several spiritual gifts that you can use. Now, Matt Mosier, who was up here doing the graduation ceremony, Matt is uh, our connections minister here. He's got a spiritual gift inventory. You can answer some questions, and it'll help you figure out what your spiritual gift is. You could probably find a spiritual gift inventory online that you could take at home or, or see Matt, and you figure out what your spiritual gift is, and you may know what your gift is. Listen, there's about 15 spiritual gifts listed in the in the scripture, in the New Testament. Prophecy or preaching, evangelism, uh, wisdom, knowledge, leadership, discernment, shepherding, administration, teaching, encouraging, faith, giving, helping, mercy, and service. Those are the spiritual gifts listed in the New Testament. And all believers have at least one of those gifts that they can use some way in ministry to help further the kingdom of God. But you've got to find out what your spiritual gift is. And then you start asking yourself, where am I passionate? What am I passionate about? Am I passionate about helping little kids or maybe working with youth? Or am I passionate about teaching adults? Or am I passionate about working with the facilities at the church? Or maybe it's somewhere in the community. Is there something I can do in the community to bring glory to God? Or maybe it's on your job. How does God want to use me on my job to help promote His kingdom? There's all kinds of places where you can serve and where God will make you, will give you this passion. And then you have to ask yourself, what talents do I have? You know, if you want to be on the praise and worship team, you may have one of those spiritual gifts that you can use on that team, but you also have to have a talent to go along with it. You've got to either be able to sing or play an instrument to be on the worship team, right? And if you don't have the talent of singing or the talent of playing an instrument, you probably can't be, no matter how many spiritual gifts you have, you can't be on the worship team. But God has some talents. Maybe your talent is organizing stuff. Uh, whatever, God can use you. And then you've got to think about your availability. You know, when am I available? Do I have the time to do this particular thing? And then you've got to think about what are the needs? What, what do I see are needs around that I know that God can use me to bring glory to Him and to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. We also ought to seek advice. Talk to Matt. He's sort of become an expert in this matching people up with 
with where they could get involved and do something. And you could see me or one of the other ministers or one of our elders, and they'd be glad to help you discuss how you can be used for the glory of God. But then you've got to make this decision. I'm going to start doing this to bring glory to God. I'm going to use my gift, and I'm going to move forward in this. And God will begin to empower you more than you know. You know what God, you know who God empowers? Fat people. Fat people. You know what fat means? F-A-T. Faithful, available, and teachable. And if you're faithful and you're available and you're teachable, God's going to use you and He will empower you to do what He wants you to do. Now listen to this verse from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Notice it said, walk in the way of love. That's not just talking about when you go for a hike. It's talking about the way you move through life, move through in the way of love. And the Spirit empowers us to love, to live. Uh, uh, the Spirit provides love to live as Jesus did. You know, love is what fueled Jesus' ministry. He cared about people. He loved people. He wanted to see people come to know uh, the Lord. He wanted to see people come to God. He wanted to see people find grace and forgiveness and, and God's blessing. And he went about it every way he could. He traveled about telling people. And, and he went sometimes into areas that were difficult to go into. And he worked tirelessly. And he got involved with the messy lives of sinful people. But he did it because he loved and God was fueling that love as he went along. Ultimately, he went to the cross and died to save mankind. Now, truth is, you probably won't have to die for your faith, especially living here in America. But God's got something for you to do. He's got a plan for you. He's got something that he already has in mind that you can do. And he wants you to do it. And if you lean into his calling on your life, you're going to begin to realize what it is God wants you to do. And the truth is, some of those things are hard. They are. And some of them are not easy to do. And sometimes you're going to get discouraged, and sometimes you're going to say, what have I got myself into? And you know what? Sometimes you're going to do something for God, and you're going to say, whoa. I can't believe I did that. Well, you probably didn't. It was the Spirit fueling you with power and with love to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. And there's a growth process. You know, you don't, you don't start out being the preacher of a 10,000-member church. You grow into that. And sometimes you start just in, in, in serving in some small place that you feel God is calling to you. And then we look at the Spirit provides self-discipline to complete the task. You know, I'm sure 
that there's somebody in here today saying, I just can't do it. I'm old and I can't change or I'm stubborn and I don't want to change. And then you're resisting the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can change anybody if they'll seek the Spirit out and not resist the Spirit and let the Spirit work in your life. And if you're stuck, then you're not letting Jesus work in you. And so you've got to start seeking Him. And if you seek Jesus, you can overcome the fear of moving forward in what Christ has for your life. Listen, Julie Canlis was a seminary student, and she was a young lady. She had a young family, even had a newborn, but she was going to uh, seminary working on a Ph.D. in theology. And she said, at one point, I was overwhelmed, and I was just fearful of doing anything, of moving forward, and I wasn't getting anything out of my studies. She said, it just became academic, and the Bible just became lifeless to me. And so she went to her professor, who was the famous Eugene Peterson, Christian author, and she told him, she said, I need you to help me Give me some spiritual discipline that I can do to get me out of this hole that I'm in and, and, and make my Christian life productive. Peterson asked her, he said, Well, is there anything in your life that you're disciplined at now? And she thought for a minute and she said, Yes, there's one thing. I have a newborn baby at home and I am disciplined to feed that baby on a regular basis because that baby cries and demands my attention. And he said, pat her on the head and said, then maybe that's your spiritual discipline right now. Just bring Christ in to what you're doing on a regular basis already. And she said she realized that day, and she was looking for some big, great thing that God wanted her to do, when maybe God just wants to use you right where you're at and what you're doing to bring glory and honor to Him. And maybe breastfeeding that baby was the way she was to bring glory and honor to God in that time. You know, the discipline we need may not be to do some grandiose thing for God, but maybe it's just to bring God in to what you're already doing. Now listen to the next few verses. Verse 8. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or me, his prisoner, but rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Now I want you to think about a couple of things there. One is that word grace. Because we often hear the word grace and we think forgiveness. Grace is forgiveness, but it's more than that. Grace means gift. 
And it means that God has given you the gift of forgiveness, but a gift to use for His service. And this power, and this love, and this self-discipline is all part of God's grace as we move forward. It also says here He's called you to a holy life. And when we hear a holy life, we think a sinless life. You're not going to live a sinless life this, life this side of heaven. But what holy means is dedicated to God. And so God has called us into a life that we're dedicated to Him. Whatever we do, we want to dedicate it for the glory of God. So here's our connection. If we truly seek God's calling, He will provide the grace we need to overcome the fear of moving forward. But our part is to take the step. Remember we said a couple of weeks ago, faith is coming to the edge of the light we have and taking one more step into the darkness. It's taking that step. What is it you want me to do, God? How do you want me to go? And you start somewhere, and you probably have an idea of where God is calling you. You've just been fearful to step out and go. But God needs to use you. He wants to use you. And no matter how simple it is, take a step and move forward in the direction God is prompting you to go. Mark Wilson is a logistics coordinator for Africa Inland Mission. They serve southern Africa, and especially in and around Somalia, and they ship containers from the United States with medical supplies and missionary supplies into Africa. If you remember back in 2009, there was a, a problem with the Somalian pirates were stopping ships, you know, they were overrunning these ships, stealing cargo, or holding the ships for ransom, various things they were doing. And so uh, they were being very careful about how they shipped, and, and Mark got a phone call from this company and said, uh, we want to donate a bunch of band-aids to your ministry and he didn't even think to ask how many and they said okay uh, fine send the band-aids well he looked out the window one day and here's two tractor trailer loads of band-aids sitting in front of his warehouse and so uh, he, you know they unloaded them and he he didn't know what to do with all these band-aids so when they would fill containers to go into Africa if they had any space left over he would just cram boxes of band-aids in there and I'm talking big cases of Band-Aids. And so this one container, they had this really expensive medical equipment that was going into Africa. And they loaded it up on there, and there were some other important supplies that the missionaries needed, but it didn't fill the container. And so he said, well, we'll just put a wall of Band-Aids up and fill in the rest of this container with these Band-Aids, and they're going over there to Somalia. And just so happened that container was on a ship that got stopped by pirates. And these pirates are going through these containers on this ship, and they opened up this one, and they saw a wall of Band-Aids. They said, them ain't worth nothing. Leave that container alone. They moved on to the next to get stuff that they could sell. You know what happened? That container made it to its destination. And you may think trivial band-aids, but look at how God used that 
to have an impact for his kingdom. And so whatever God gives you to do, no matter how, how trivial you think it is, it may just be a stepping stone to something bigger. Listen, listen to me. God wants to use you some kind of way for his glory in his kingdom. And if you have not had a conversation with God, go home today and get in a corner somewhere and say, God, what are we going to do? I know you've given me a gift. Help me to figure out what you want me to do today. You've got to overcome this fear of moving forward. Let's pray. God, we thank you for men like the Apostle Paul, for men like Timothy, even though Timothy got a little stagnant there, Paul had to punch him in the gut a little bit and encourage him. Timothy, you, didn't, you don't have this timid spirit. You've got a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. Now, get on with the business you've been given to do. Lord, help us all to hear that, that prayer today. And help us to decide how we're going to move forward in your kingdom for your glory. In Jesus' name, I pray and praise. Amen.